Welcome to Juice Guru Radio. Discover what the magic and power of juicing can do for you. And now, your host, best-selling author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Juice Fasting, Steve Prusak. Hello and welcome. Welcome to Juice Guru Radio. I'm your host, Steve, and it's great to be back with you. Thanks for tuning in. On today's show, we've got a special guest, Julie Simon, and she's the author of The Emotional Eater's Repair Manual, a practical mind-body-spirit guide for putting an end to overeating and dieting. She's going to be joining us right here on Juice Guru Radio. We're going to find out all about emotional eating, how we're all victim of this, what we can do to change that um, moving forward in our life. So stay tuned for that coming up right after this. Want to be part of a weekly juice break to get your body looking hot in no time? Join your host, Steve Prusak, for Juice Time Tuesdays absolutely free with your purchase of the best-selling book, The Complete Idiot's Guide to Juice Fasting. Find out more at juicetimetuesdays.com. And welcome back to Juice Crew Radio. I'm your host, Steve, and we're going to welcome to the show Julie Simon. She's a licensed psychotherapist and life coach with more than 20 years of helping overeaters stop dieting, heal their relationship with themselves and their bodies, lose excess weight, and keep it off. She's a lifelong fitness enthusiast, certified personal trainer with over 25 years of experience, and the founder and director of the Los Angeles-based and actually internet-based and worldwide 12-week emotional eating recovery program, which offers an alternative to dieting by addressing the mind, body, and spirit imbalances underlying overeating. You can find out more about that at her website by visiting overeatingrecovery.com for inspiration and more. And let's welcome to Juice Crew Radio, Julie Simon. Hi, Steve. Thank you so much for having me. Julie, thanks for joining the show. It's great to be with you. We're going to uh, get, get into this because oh, emotional eating, I think it's something we're all uh, privy to. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, we, we all do a little bit of emotional eating. So how do we know when it's a problem? And it, Well, let's define it. What is emotional eating? Well, you know, first of all, I'd want to define emotional hunger, okay? An emotional hunger or an appetite, an emotional hunger or appetite represents a craving or a desire to eat when you don't have true physiological hunger cues. And for a lot of people, emotional hunger actually feels just like physical hunger. So we could ask, what drives us to emotionally eat? Because as we said, we all do a little bit of emotional eating. And generally what drives us to, to emotionally eat are unmet emotional needs which often stem from an undernourishing childhood and subsequent adulthood. And these unmet emotional needs lead to painful emotional states. So we end up turning to food for pain relief, to tranquilize or dull emotions that are difficult to cope with, like anxiety or sadness or loneliness. We turn to food for soothing and comfort We turn to food for pleasure and escape and fulfillment and excitement. We turn to food to silence self-critical, self-defeating thoughts and quiet our mind. And we turn to food to fill up an inner emptiness. And so basically, we're missing self-care skills, generally learned in childhood, that would help us connect to ourselves, identify and experience our emotions, identify those unmet needs, identify those self-defeating thoughts, and access an inner nurturing voice that's capable of reassuring us and helping us meet those needs. So there's a difference between actual physiological hunger and emotional hunger, and how do we determine that? 
Well, first off, we have these incredible, phenomenal bodies that give us a multitude of signals every single day to help us stay in balance. And if we pay attention to these signals and we respond with curiosity, love, and care, we can stay in really good balance. So we start, and this is even how we start addressing emotional hunger, we start with the body signals, like hunger and fullness. And we begin eating each day when we feel true physical hunger cues. We pay attention to our cravings, signals from our body, uh, guiding us what to eat and how to get the caloric and nutrient density that we need. And then we pay attention to those fullness cues that we get. And it's also important, and this applies to people making the transition to juicing, it's also important for us to eat foods that are consistent with our human design. So that's unprocessed whole plant foods. And when we do this, our signals work better. Our hunger signals, our craving signals, our fullness signals work better. And so we can start slowly. If we want to address our emotional eating, we can start first by addressing our mind, our body signals, hunger, cravings, and fullness, and begin to add foods that are consistent with our human design, unprocessed whole plant foods. Once we're doing that, then we're going to need to start to pay attention to our mind signals. Again, our mind, body, spirit give us all these signals every day. We get mind signals like emotions. And our emotions are there. They're like street signs pointing, pointing us to those unmet needs. So we're going to want to pay attention every day to what we're feeling. And we can do that if we find that we want to eat when we're not hungry. That's emotional hunger. Or when we are hungry, all we want to do is pick unhealthy comfort foods. Or we want to eat after we're already full or we find that we're snacking mindlessly all day, or we're binging, and something's out of balance, and it's time to get clear on those mind signals. How do we know what we should be eating? So by that, maybe we're sitting here wondering, sometimes we might have dessert, or how do we know when it's okay to have dessert, or maybe we're overdoing it, and how do we know what the right foods are to be eating? Well, in my book, I have a... um, Body balancing principle number two, which is, as I said, I mentioned a little bit before, eating foods that are consistent with our human design. So our bodies are designed to take in whole, unprocessed plant foods because they're full of fiber. And fiber is the key to turning off our hunger signals. So your question is, how do we know when we should be eating or whether we should eat dessert? All of our eating, our, our body signals us for all of that. It tells us when we need food. And so when we finish a meal, if we've eaten a meal that's consistent with our human design, it's unprocessed whole plant foods and it's got a lot of fiber in it, our body's going to shut down via hormones, appetite-breaking hormones. It's going to shut the appetite down and you're not going to want anything else. Now, if you find a little bit later that now all of a sudden you're having a sweet craving, which can be a very natural thing even after you've eaten a meal, that the blood's in your stomach and all of a sudden your body's kicking up some sweet cravings, now you're going to go back and select something unprocessed and whole, maybe like some fresh raspberries, um, some nice fresh fruit. Maybe you want a little bit of almond butter on it. Um, Your body's going to, your cravings will guide you. You know, that nectarine is looking really good. The handful of almonds is looking really good. And then your body's going to shut down your appetite, and what you should feel is done. 
if your body is in balance, you should feel done after you've eaten. You shouldn't be walking around hunting for more food. If you're hunting for more food, you have to do a little sleuthing. It might be that you're out of balance because you've been eating too much processed food, too many foods of animal origin, or you might be imbalanced because you're you're emotionally eating. And that's where we have to start to look at what am I feeling now that I just had a full meal and I still want to go get cookies. What's going on emotionally? If you're sitting here listening to the show and wondering what exactly drives us to emotionally eat, since we all do it, we're going to find out right after this. So stay tuned. We'll be back right here on Juice Crew Radio with Julie Simon right after this. Hi, this is Jay Cordish, the father of juicing. Juicing helped me get rid of cancer in my early 20s, and here I am in my 90s feeling fantastic. I want to invite you to join me in our School of Juicing. This online program features award-winning videos, audio books, and CDs to inspire and educate you on how juicing can change your life, too. Check out our site at schoolofjuicing.com. Start living healthy and increase your energy today. Visit schoolofjuicing.com to find out more. That's SchoolofJuicing.com. Juice Guru Radio. Well, welcome back to Juice Guru Radio. I'm your host, Steve. We've got Julie Simon. She's the author of the Emotional Eaters Repair Manual. You can check that out on Amazon.com or her website at OvereatingRecovery.com. So, Julie, what drives people to emotionally eat? Well, as I said before, it's those unmet emotional needs. We all have emotional needs that are unmet, and some of us have emotional needs going all the way back to childhood. Childhood, We didn't get enough attention. We didn't get enough good listening. We don't get enough validation. We don't get enough acceptance. Um, perhaps we're not, we never got enough from the outside, and we probably don't know really how to give it to ourselves. So emotional eating is driven by unmet emotional needs, and those unmet emotional needs lead to painful emotional states, and we are looking for escape from those painful emotional states. As humans, we're wired to seek pleasure and avoid pain, so we're going to do anything we can. We're going to pick up food, we're going to drink, we're going to smoke, um, we're going to do drugs, we're going to shop, we're going to do porn, we're going to have too much sex, you know, we're going to do drama, we're going to do anything to get away from those unpleasant emotional states, try to meet our needs. But as we all know, none of these uh, overindulgences uh, develop any long-term skills. They don't really solve our problems. They don't really meet our needs. And they don't develop any skills. So what I teach in my book for emotional eaters, but it's really for anybody who kind of turns to anything outside themselves to fill up, is how to connect to yourself because for any addiction or anything that you're turning to, the real problem is the relationship with yourself. You have to first develop a nourishing relationship with yourself and then you can develop more nourishing relationships with others. So it all begins with those unmet needs and how do we go about addressing them? Well, how do we start with developing that relationship with self? Well, I have a technique that I teach in my book and in my 12-week program, and it's called an inner conversation. And it's a, just a three-step, little small three-step process that's very strategically developed to cover all the bases. So let's say <clears throat> it's the evening and you, you, know, you did your healthy juice and you, know, you got all your high-nutrient 
nutrient-dense foods in your body, and it's 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, and all you can think about is going to get cookies, okay? And you say to yourself, gosh, I know I'm not hungry. You know, I've, I just did really well with my food all day, and I know I'm not hungry, but I just want to go get cookies or cake or something. <clears throat> Pull out a piece of paper, stop for a moment, take a few deep breaths, and ask yourself, what am I feeling? You know, I, I know my body has had enough food for the day, so what am I feeling? And in my book, I have lists of seven different core emotions and all kinds of state, different versions of those emotions. Am I feeling sad? Am I feeling lonely? What am I feeling? Now, a lot of emotional leaders aren't really clear on what they're feeling. And if, even if they are clear, they often feel like, what's the point in identifying what I'm feeling? Because what am I going to do about it anyway? Well, I don't like people to stop there. Use your emotions, like street signs, to guide you to those unmet needs. So I'm feeling lonely tonight. That's why I want to go get cookies. Feeling really lonely. And I'm also noticing I'm feeling hopeless about changing my loneliness. Okay, let's get clear on what you need. What are you needing? Do you need companionship? Do you need good listening? Are you needing touch? Uh, are you needing kindness? What are you needing? And often when I work with emotional eaters, I got really stuck on this step two. What do I need? Of them, I have the faintest idea what I need. Well, you know, the truth is if you don't know what you need, how can anybody else know what you need? So step two is what do I need? Well, I guess I need some, I need some comfort tonight. I need some soothing. I need some, um, I could use some companionship. Okay, so you realize you don't have any companionship that night. Certainly the cookies aren't going to fix any of that. Now the third step, and this is very critical because most emotional eaters or addicts in general don't have a very nurturing inner voice. They have a very loud inner critic usually. And they have a very loud inner indulger that says, go get the cookies or go get the drink. But they don't have a, a, a very well-developed inner nurturing voice and that's the voice that says oh it's you know it's really okay to feel those feelings tonight of course we feel lonely we just broke up with so-and-so and haven't met anybody new yet it makes sense that we're feeling that way and it makes sense that we're needing some companionship and some comfort and that voice says to you i'm here like a good nurturing mommy talking to a scared bewildered child you know i'm here and i'm with you and we're going to be okay, and I'm going to help you meet someone and bring more people into your life. And you know what? Tonight, going to get cookies isn't going to change any of that. You know, how about if we go take a bath? Or how about if we go dive into a good book? You know, or maybe we just go to bed early tonight. Let's do something, some nice self-care activity. We've been taking such good care of ourselves with our food and our juicing. Why don't we just go do something more loving? than shoveling cookies in the mouth. And that's a three-step process. It's called an inner conversation. It really doesn't take much time, and it builds a lot of skill. It builds a skill of identifying your emotions, identifying, getting really clear on those unmet needs, and then building this kind, compassionate, supportive inner voice that can help you meet those needs. Other steps and techniques that we're all going to find useful for emotional eating. We're going to find out more about that right here on Juice Crew Radio with Julie Simon. More wisdom coming your way right after this. 
Did you know you can make a great living in the hottest new business trend today? The Juice Guru Certification Program is the world's first online course to give you the knowledge and marketing skills to excel as a juicing coach and start making money in no time. Find out more at juicecoachtraining.com. Well, welcome back to Juice Crew Radio. I'm your host, Steve. We're here with Julie Simon, the Emotional Eater's Repair Manual, and she's sharing wisdom and advice on emotional eating, something I think we all suffer from here and there. We're here learning about juicing, but what's more important than what we're eating in between our juices? Right, Julie? Yeah, that's that's a really important point. It's like, what are we grabbing <laughs> in between our juices? And... And why are we grabbing it? You know, what are we trying to bring in more of into our lives? Well, clearly obesity is an epidemic, a worldwide epidemic. There's fast food restaurants popping up all over. We're uh, genetically engineered food everywhere we look. Do you think that uh, overeating, I mean, is overeating really the cause of the obesity epidemic? I mean, or I should say emotional eating. You know, I think it's kind of twofold. I think that first off, um, we all know that we have so much unhealthy food, uh, especially in America. I mean, we have so much processed food, and we now understand more about food addiction than we've ever understood before. And processed food, and even um, uh, you know, foods of animal origin, create powerful. You know, they they release powerful, pleasing brain chemicals. Um, that cause food addiction, and it's really, really takes a Herculean effort to turn yourself away from those foods. And people who are sensitive to the release of those brain chemicals are going to be much more susceptible to food addiction. So food addiction is real. It's a physiological um, experience. Um, you know, most of the people I work with who come to see me, they're emotional eaters and they're food addicts. Um, you know, they just have a high sensitivity to processed foods and fatty fatty animal foods and dairy products. <clears throat> but that's only part of the equation because if, you, if that was the only part of the equation, then you could say to people, look, these are just foods that don't work for you, like cigarettes don't work for you or you know, alcohol doesn't work or motor oil isn't uh, something for your body. You could tell them to stop it and they would stop it, right? So there's got to be something more going on than just food addiction. And I think the other piece that's going on is emotional eating, you know, or, um, you know, unmet emotional needs. And so, and people, you know, why is one person who has a propensity towards alcoholism going to become an alcoholic and why is another person who has the same propensity doesn't become an alcoholic? There's got to be some self-skills some self-esteem um, differences uh, at play there. And so the second piece is the emotional eating. And when I work in my programs, we work on all fronts. You know, we, we have to begin to slowly add unprocessed whole plant foods to our eating plan <clears throat> and crowd out those addictive processed foods and foods of animal origin or else we're going to be out of balance and we're not going to know whether it's physiological or emotional. So we've got to add the healthy foods in. But then we've also got to take a look at our lives. We've got to say, am I fulfilled? You know, 
am I feeling good most days? Do I feel fulfilled, nurtured, nourished? Do I have enough nourishing people in my life? Does does my life have purpose and meaning and passion? Do I know how to take care of myself emotionally? Do I know how to get my needs met? Most emotional eaters are struggling in these arenas. And as I said before, the first process that I teach is how to connect to yourself and know what you're feeling and know what you're needing and access that inner nurturing voice. The second process that I teach is to learn to look at your thoughts. Um, Most emotional eaters have deeply entrenched self-defeating thought patterns. Um, They'll say, and thought patterns like perfectionism, you know, oh, I ate one cookie, I blew my whole diet, might as well throw in the towel. Or let's say I put somebody on an exercise program and I'm just having them maybe walk 15 minutes a day and they'll say, that's ridiculous, I used to walk an hour a day, it's just crazy for me to only walk 15 minutes. And I'll say, it's not crazy, you're getting back in shape, there's nothing wrong with it. So they've got these deeply entrenched self-defeating thoughts. If I'm not perfect with my juicing plan, then I blew it, right? Well, we don't have to be perfect. You know, it's, it's progress, not perfection. So the second step I teach is to kind of catch the self-defeating thoughts that end up turning into, you know, emotional states that are unpleasant, right? So I have this negative thought, oh, I look in the mirror, I'm so fat and ugly, you know, and then I feel sad and depressed, and then I go, you know, and buy a cheesy noodle dish, right? If I can interrupt those thoughts right at the get-go, I'm less likely to feel the sad and frustrated and then I'm less likely to go off my eating plan. So that's the second step we learn is how to reframe those self-defeating critical judgmental thoughts. Well, what kind of results have you had with your clients and working – What kind of uh, success with overcoming emotional eating? What have you heard back through the clients you're working with? Oh, I've just seen fantastic success. I mean, first of all, I'm always looking, I personally am always looking for the emotional recovery because I know for sure that the weight will fall off um, when the emotional recovery is in place. Um, And I often ask people not to focus so much on weight loss in the beginning because we're balancing body chemistry, we're working on emotional stability, um, but I can tell you that um, very typically in the first period of time that people work with me, the first three months, six months, you know, 12 months, they're dropping 25, 30, 40 pounds, um, you know, some less, some 10, some 15, um, but people are losing weight, but much more importantly, at least to me, is that they are gaining self-care skills that they will have in place for life. And that's more important to me. Like, I was an emotional eater. I struggled with overeating for a good portion of my life. And once I got my body in balance and I got these skills in balance, I knew that I would never struggle with emotional eating ever again, and I never have. And I'm here to say that there's 100% recovery out there. So... That's the exciting news is Mm. that when you gain the skills to take care of yourself, you'll never have to worry about your weight again. And you offer a 12-week program that takes our listeners through each each step of recovery? 
Yeah, I have a 12-week program, and I, I run it live in Los Angeles, and I also have it on a, in a teleseminar format for people all over the United States and Canada and Europe. Um, and I take them through five self-care skills, five body balancing principles, and what I call five soul care practices, things like learning to quiet your mind, learning to bring in more purpose and meaning into your life, learning how to create more nourishing connections. <clears throat> and, you know, people can join me from the comfort of their home working on all of these um, skills, principles, and practices. And it's funny, this past Saturday I was on one of the teleseminar calls, and people were talking about, you know, we were talking about the reasons. What are the good, some of the good reasons to stop overeating? And people were saying, oh, I'd like to go into my closet and just know that my clothes fit. I'd like to go into a store and not hate my reflection in the mirror, you know. And when I was listening to them, I was thinking, there, there so is recovery. I was listening to them and thinking, oh, my God, that was so long ago for me that I struggled with those things, and I've never struggled with them since. Mm. And so I just love taking people through this recovery because I know I know you can have, you know, complete recovery. We've shared so much on the call, but is there any other steps or techniques that you think are useful for emotional eaters? Um I think I think I maybe I just want to um give your your listeners a few things to keep in mind, you know. I want I want them to keep in mind that if they are an emotional eater, often emotional eaters are searching for rigid eating plans, and that could even be juicing or juice fasting plans because you want to gain some control over your eating behavior. And But I want, I want to remind them that gaining, gaining control over your eating involves both the foods you're consuming, and that would involve your juicing or your juice fasting, but also, more importantly, the relationship that you have with yourself. And the question is, are you connected to yourself and taking the best care of yourself in mind, body, and spirit? And like I said, in my book and in my 12-week program, that's what we're covering, how to take the best care of yourself emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And, And also on the emotional front, there's another thing that we work on, and it's called unconditional self-love. And, you know, once we've established that, once we're able to be compassionate with ourselves and gentle with ourselves and loving with ourselves every single day, all the time, no matter what, you know, we're well on our way to recovery. Wow. Incredible work, Julie. So any plans for the future? What have you got coming uh, in, you know, goals or anything else you might be working on? Well, working on uh, two things. One is uh, another, hopefully another book. Um, mm-hmm. I talked about in the three-step process, developing that inner nurturing voice. So hopefully a book uh, more about the inner nurturer because I think that's one of the biggest things I find that most of us don't have developed is a very inner nurturing uh, voice. And then the other thing is I'd l- I'm, I'm hoping to get the 12-week program up into um, a, a CD set so that people who just don't have the time uh, you know, to be in a 12-week program can buy a CD set with a, man, a workbook and just kind of do some of that themselves. 
Great idea. The website, again, it's overeatingrecovery.com. Julie, author of the Emotional Eaters Repair Manual. Thank you so much for being here on Juice Guru Radio. Always a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Steve. My pleasure. Such important work. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for being part of Juice Guru Radio. This is Steve Prusak, and we'll be back for another uh, show next week. Thanks for being here. 